Welcome to Heart of the Psalmist, cultivating the heart of creatives. Now, your host, Sharvis Witted. Well, hello, listeners. Welcome back to another episode of Heart of the Psalmist. This is the show where we're asking God to create in us clean hearts so that we can create for him. That's what it's all about. We want to make sure that we are profound and skilled in our craft, but we want to make sure that our heart's in the right place, and we need God's help to do that, and that's why this show exists. And today, I have a very special guest on, someone I've known for a very long time. I've observed her life. She is, and I got to get my uh, my pencil out here. I got to put my glasses on. There's so much stuff here for me to go through, but I'm just going to take my time here. She is a nationally acclaimed songwriter. She writes for film and TV. She works with independent producers and composers. She's a published author. She has a PhD, and not an honorary one, y'all, a real one. She's a CPA, and she's an expert in wealth building based on God's principles. She's a philanthropist, but the thing I love about her the most, she's a lover of Jesus Christ, she's a worshiper, and she's a dear friend. She's like a big sister to me. So I want to welcome to the show, Angela Moss Poole. How are you doing today, Dr. Poole? I'm so great, Charvis. Thanks so much for having me on your show. I've been waiting to do this. We've been talking about this for the longest time. I'm so glad to finally have a chance to sit down with you. Yeah, ditto, ditto. I feel the same way. And, uh, you know, I said a lot about you in the beginning, but I just want you to, in your own words, tell my audience a little bit about yourself. Well, I am just a person that likes to, like David would go in the field. He's supposed to be doing his job as a shepherd, but he spent his time songwriting and singing to the Lord. I'm just somebody who just likes to sing to the Lord along with everything else that I'm doing in in my life. So all those other things you said, you know, those jobs, those titles, those degrees, that's my shepherding stuff. That's my job. But along the way through all those things, I'm just singing in the fields and singing to God. I don't know if you mentioned I'm also a wife. I've been married to my husband, Corey, for now about 25 years. We've been together for 30 years. And this actually 2020 was our 25th anniversary. We didn't get to celebrate like we wanted due to COVID. So I took a rain check on that. So hopefully we do something when this pandemic is over. I also have a son who's Michael Poole, who goes by the name Bocce, who's 23 years old. He's also a songwriter and performer. And so part of additional duties in my life is being a wife and a mother. And I'm happy for those roles. And I feel like Michael Poole is one of my greatest accomplishment. <laughs> he certainly is. He's doing a wonderful job. I'm proud of him myself. I remember when he was a little tight. So it's just wonderful to see where he's gone and just how he's continuing that musical legacy that's so rich in your family. And, um, you know, I was just thinking about all these things that you've done and creatives sometimes struggle. We have all these dreams and these things in our mind. You know, like you said, we're like David, we're in the pasture. We have all these songs, but sometimes we struggle to stay the course so that all these dreams can actually come to fruition, where it can actually generate income, where it actually can benefit our families, where it actually can get on a record. And the word of God says in Proverbs 13, 4, that the soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing, but the soul of the diligent is made fat. One of my favorite Proverbs is 25. It says, a plan in the heart of a man is like water in a deep well, 
but a man or a woman of understanding draws it out. So seems like you gain some understanding on how to draw out what was in your heart. Like I said before, that's something that creators have struggled with. So my first question is, okay, big sister, how in the world, you know, (laughs) have you been able to manage so much? You know, I've learned over the years that you can do everything. You just can't do it all at the same time. Mm. Can't do them all at once. So I might be writing a song today or recording in a studio, working on a project for something that won't even come out till next summer that I worked on last winter or the next book that I'm writing that'll come out next spring that I was writing on the past, you know, three years. So you're not doing everything all at the same time, but you kind of are doing it a little bit of everything all at the same time. But things have their time and a place to be done. So like you mentioned about the diligent person, you have to just be diligent, continuing to dig wells, continuing to sow seeds, just be always sowing. You know, Ecclesiastes talked about when you sow your seed, sow in the morning, sow at night, you know, sow during all the seasons, just be always sowing because you never know when, you know, that thing that you're sowing into is going to bear fruit and when something's going to take root and start sprouting out. But you have to be always looking for opportunities and always believing that a song that I wrote 15 years ago or a person I met on a song that I sang on 20 years ago, an opportunity or door may open for something that seed was sown so long ago, but being diligent, staying in those rooms, staying in those circles, going to conferences, taking notes, listening to podcasts, staying in relationship with people. And that's very important. Relationship building is very important because all that we do is through relationships. I've had opportunities to work on things and had doors open just because my husband knew somebody or we went to a conference and met someone. And then when that door opened, I was able to bring people that I had known for 10, 20 years that we were dreaming with to say, hey, a door finally opened, come in this door with us, you know, because of relationships. So just always being diligent is the key, little by little. You don't have to do everything all at once in a big way. Yeah. And that's certainly something that creatives struggle with. You know, we have so much in our minds. And I think a lot of times we put too much traffic on the road. Right. We try to drive all mm-hmm. the cars at the same time. And then I think right. that that sense that nothing is moving can certainly become it's not a good thing. You feel like Yeah. You feel yeah. like you're in a traffic jam sometimes. And one thing I learned with my doctoral program. So our program was really designed for working adults. It was weekend, Saturday, full time. Saturday program. We had to dedicate two years of our lives. We couldn't miss any courses, any Saturdays. It was full-time, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. That was just the coursework. We still had to write our papers, which of course we were all working nine to five jobs Monday through Friday. But for two years, I couldn't go to weddings. I couldn't go to funerals. I just checked out of the rest of my life basically and told my family and friends, look, I'll see you in two years. I'm about to go work on this doctorate. I had books that I had started. I had songs that I had started. I just saved my voice memos. I saved my manuscripts. And I worked on that because I knew that had to be done at a certain time and a certain season. But after the two years of coursework, it was like, okay, you're on your own now. Go write your paper. Go conduct your research. And that is on your own pace. There's no one telling you what time to come to class, what time to study. You didn't have any more group projects. There was nothing else to hold you accountable to finishing. And so during that time is... When most people fall off, when they Uh don't have that discipline of you had to be there at eight o'clock and you had your cohort there making sure you were there. But our professors would say, just every day, make sure you write something. If it's just one sentence, if it's one paragraph, 
You didn't have to write your whole five chapters all at once. You didn't have to write all 150 pages of your dissertation at once. It's a, it's a journey. It's a marathon, not a sprint. They give you seven years to write the dissertation. And most people finish it like six and three quarters, you know. Thank God I was able to finish right at four years and like one semester. But every weekend I would just keep myself on the same schedule like I was in class still. I would still go to the library. I would still write. And sometimes I would sit and not be able to write much of anything or didn't feel like it. I would still read articles. I would still just write something, just write one sentence, just write a thought, right? How do I feel about what I read today? And it may not even have made it into my paper, but just the thought of constantly doing something makes you feel like you, even in a small way, you feel like you made some progress. And it's the same with writing a book, writing a song. I have songs still from years with small voice memos. All I have is a short little melody. And sometimes I go back and listen to those voice memos from eight, nine, 10 years ago, and I'll hear something and I'll say, let me just add a verse today. Or I'll hear something that maybe I heard you know, in church years ago, and I'll just go back and listen to it again and just meditate on it. Just every day, be writing something, be singing something, be moving forward towards that goal. You may not finish it all in a big way every day. Just every little day, make a small step towards something. Right, right. And you hit on something again that I just have to confess as a creative, I struggle with because we want the payoff, right? We want to eat the good of the land, you know, and, and we want it tomorrow. As soon as that song comes to my mind, I want the whole thing out tonight. I really do. Yes. But, but a lot of times we can't do that. As you mentioned, I'm in school right now. So I have to have mm-hmm. some discipline, some restraint, some patience. That's great. Mm-hmm. And I know that's mm-hmm. something that creators struggle with. So that's the big picture. So what are some, you know, if you could give my audience, you know, maybe three to four things, you know, that if we could chop that up into something that they could take home with them today that could help them do what you have been doing in your life to be better stewards and to be more diligent in their craft. I would say you have to eliminate distractions. And sometimes it's hard to know what is a distraction. Like it could be something that's important to you that at that season is a distraction. So when I did my coursework, when I gave the example of working on my towards my dissertation, at that moment, at that time, people's weddings and funerals and personal events were distractions for me. Wow. Any other time in my life, it wouldn't have been. But and I felt bad I may not have gotten a chance to connect with some people as closely as I would like to. But that was a, a decision that I had to make. It was a, I won't say compromise, but it was something so important to me that I had to stay on task and on schedule that I could not allow anything else to come in between me finishing my program. And so being able sometimes to identify what is a distraction is hard, but you have to eliminate distractions. It doesn't mean it's forever. Sometimes you just say, you know what? I have to just, I have to finish this song. I'm just not going to be on social media for Mm. 30 days. Or some people do it with their annual fasting time or other times of, you know, abstinence, but you know what? I'm just not going to be watching TV this month because I need to be hearing from God. I need to be hearing what he's saying, whether this book that I'm writing or the song that I'm writing or whatever it is he's called you to do, that business plan that needs to be developed, all the things that are in you as a creative, you have to block out the noise. So I'd say the first thing, block out the noise, eliminate the distractions. The second thing, prioritize what's important. So once you've done that, then it makes it easier to say, oh, that's a distraction because this is what's most important. So if that's going to take me away from what's important, then, oh, that's easy. This is most important. 
right? So once you know what's important, then I'd say number three, put your money where your mouth is. Mm. Put your money where the priority is. So if writing this book is important to you, save your money towards it. If working on your music is important, save money to buy better equipment, save money to hire better producers. It might take longer. You know, you might say, I'm going to work with you one day, but I'm going to save to work with that producer that I know is going to make the difference for that song. I'm going to save my money because I'm going to need, you know, advertising. I need to work on my social media posts. I might need to buy a better camera. I might need to, you know, start exercising and lose weight and, you know, so I can take better pictures or I might need to start a new discipline, but put my money there. I may have to hire a trainer because you pay attention to the things you pay for. Mm, yeah. If you don't pay, you won't pay attention. So put your money where your where your attention, where your focus is, and that will make you follow it through. Because you'll say, I've spent so much money on this home studio. I better be producing something I'm telling out here you. for what I've invested in this. You know, and so just begin to invest in that thing that you feel like you're called to do or God has asked you to do. Then say, Okay, Lord, give me the resources to invest in this thing because that will help you to have that commitment to it. It'll help you to stick to it and be diligent. It'll help you to keep out the distractions. It'll help you to say, I won't buy shoes and purses and food because I need that new software that helps me to mix better. Or I need that a new mic and I got to save up to buy a new mic versus a purse because that right now a purse is a distraction because I got to focus on what's important. I got to put my money to what's important because all this stuff takes money. Mm-hmm. I'd love to say it's free and you could just be out in the field singing all day long. You can, but no one's going to hear it until you record the song. And it costs money to get into a studio, to get a producer, to buy equipment and to record. And then once you record, it costs money to release it and market it and publicize it to let people know what you even have. And whether it's a song or a book, it's all the same. You have to get a publicist. You got to market it. You got to get a website. You got to get social media. You got to print stuff. You got to make some merch. There's money that you have to invest in this stuff. So if it's not important to you, you won't put your money behind mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So eliminate the distractions, number one. Decide what's important, number two. And then put your money into what's important. That's wow. number three. Well, wow. and I'm going to go ahead and give you guys the two things that I took away from that. You know, number one is that sometimes the distraction does not equal a bad thing. Right. Good things can be distractions. Mm -hmm. The second thing that came to mind when you said that is the late, great Kobe Bryant. I I watched something on him the other day, and he explained to a coach that came to see one of his practices. And he said, well, Kobe, you're in here practicing, and you're doing the basic drills and the basic skills. You're too good for that. And he said, well, why do you think I'm so good? And and the lesson was, don't get bored with the routine. Don't get Mm -hmm. bored with being consistent. And that was why when Kobe got on the court, he could do the extraordinary things that nobody else could do because he was in the background in the field like David, yep, right? That's he was right. doing what that's nobody right. else was doing. So that's right. Those are some awesome takeaways. Uh, I appreciate your wisdom, your experience. Do you have any final comments uh, for my audience before I let you go? I would say if God, especially as a creative, if God has given you something, a song, a book, you know, a dance, a piece of art to paint, whatever he's given you, he has only given it to you. And you are uniquely called to write that song or write that book or say that speech or make that painting. And if you don't do it, nope, the world would never hear that song or see that painting or hear the wisdom that's in the book. So that's the only evidence that you were here, that it was written down. It was documented in some way. How do I know? 
Charvis Whitted was here. I heard his podcast. I heard his music. I heard his lessons. I heard his wisdom. He published something. So until you publish your work in some way that says, I was here, that's the only way we know you were here. So just get it out. Get it out in some small way. Leave your mark here so that those who come after you know that you were here. That's awesome. Great way to end the show today. Well, Dr. Poole, thank you so much for your time today. Oh, it was my pleasure. I look forward to seeing you and your family and working together and walking through many more doors together. That's right. Thank you. Well, God bless you and you take care. You too.